Hello and welcome to I Heard It On A Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West. If this intro don't go well, my fat's gonna be in the fire. Oh. My name is Riley. And I'm Isaiah. I like that. Fat in the fire. Sounds delicious. I'm getting hungry. We need to eat. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm gonna give you a teaser, a very... uh, brief teaser on our episodes today our topics i should say okay um and i was gonna have you guess but then i realized that you can see the show notes right in front of you so i know what we're doing you at home guess our topics based on these three words topic one lightning topic two hot water topic three sweat that's all you get are we talking about cars three yes um the movie yes with tomater yes um what was the second word hot water oh uh hot tubs yes obviously obviously and sweat yes Mm, triathlons yes all things that we're very passionate about cars three hot tubs and triathlons (laughs) um no you'll you'll figure them out as we get into them but place your guesses now Send us an email with your guesses. Just the right three, now. Just the three Pause guesses. Pause the podcast. Send us an email. If you do it, oh, we're going to be so happy. Please yeah. do. We'll, Please send us an email. We'll with your three send guesses. you a gift card to TCBY. For 39 cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's get into it. So topic one. Hopefully you've sent your guesses in because we're talking about the new Ford F-150 Lightning. Ka-chow! Ka-chow! <laughs> I love that they named it that. So a little bit of history on the name before we get into it. You might not know this because you're not exactly a uh, gearhead or an oil chugger or a motor head. Motor head! Uh, but the F-150 Lightning used to be like, a, I think it was like a sportier truck. And you see them around sometimes. They stopped making them in 2004, I think. They've made them before? Just the name. An electric Not an car? electric truck. Oh. No, just the name. So it was like a lowered high-profile wheels, like kind of the opposite of what a truck should be. So imagine usually for trucks you'd get thicker tires to give you more like cushioning and you get taller height for more suspension. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite. Like it had like, you know, like the rims that you'd see on sports cars and it was lowered down and its goal was to go fast and it couldn't really carry much or tow anything. And it still had a pickup bed? Yeah. So, and you might, we see these a lot around that are like custom like this where it's like a lowered like slammed truck. Where the like tires almost touch the fenders and they're uh-huh. so low to the ground and the goal is just style and like speed or whatever, and not being a truck. So this okay. is kind of what this was. Um, discontinued in two thousand four, so they brought the name back, which is cool because it's an all electric pickup truck. Yeah. So to me, this is a big deal, and I we've talked about electric cars a lot on this podcast. I would say, as a podcast collective, we're like three quarters interested because I am fully interested. And you're probably about half interested. Yeah. If I had the money and was in the market for a car, I would buy an electric yeah. car. Yeah. I w- would buy one even if I didn't have the money. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to be responsible. Um, so Ford just announced this like two hours ago as of the recording of this podcast. So this is hot, fresh news for us. Yeah. When this comes out, it's not going to be as hot and fresh. Like but yeah. it's it's very cool. So it's Ford's first all-electric pickup truck. They have what they call the Mustang Mach-E, which is like an electric SUV. That was their first electric car. Um, And I I think this car came out after we talked about electric cars the first time in that one episode, however long ago that was. Um, But this is kind of a big deal because up until now, the only electric pickup trucks were Tesla's, the Cybertruck, which isn't in production yet. Um, Rivian has one, which Rivian is kind of like an electric car only startup, kind of like Tesla was. Mm -hmm. So 
kind of more of a startup vibe. Um, they have an, uh, an electric pickup truck. I think it's the RT or RT1 or something like that. Never heard of any of those Also things. not in production, so you can't buy those. Yeah. Um, and then GMC has their Hummer pickup truck, also not in production yet. You can't buy them. So no electric pickup truck has been made yet. Um, technically, Ford isn't making this one yet either. It starts production in spring of 2022, so about a year from now. And how far from production to can you purchase? So you can reserve now, and then once they're being produced, they'll start being delivered. So once they start production, oh. I think it's typically like six to eight weeks from like assembly line to delivery. Hmm. Um, so people should start being able to drive these late spring of next year, which I think beats Tesla to market. I don't think Tesla Cybertruck has a release date yet. It just keeps kind of getting pushed back. Um, it's kind of around the same time as GMC is launching there. So Ford is kind of like one of the first players on this electric truck scene. And it's with a truck like the F-150. So the F-150 yeah, Everyone is, knows what yeah, the F-150 is. It's the most popular, best-selling truck for 44 years in a row. Um, I think wow, Ford... 44 years. Yeah, I think Ford, in a year, in just F-150s, sold four times Tesla's whole sales just in F-150s. Hmm. So super popular truck. They sell millions of them a year. Um, it's insane. And... So to have a manufacturer like this with the breadth of knowledge they have in this truck kind of bring this to market, like if I could buy an electric car, this would be the one I would buy. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it a little bit because it's it's a super cool truck. And trucks to me, like to me, they've always been utilitarian. Like that's kind of the reason that I would buy a truck. But they've always been like kind of inefficient and like kind of rough around the edges. That's kind of like the vibe you get. And so for a while it was like you had a truck for work and then you had like a luxury sedan or whatever for your leisure activities <laughs> if you're rich and have two cars you know yeah um and if you're not rich you have a truck only and, and you it. drive that everywhere and you just kill the environment yeah and it's kind of rough for you like it's not a comfortable ride you get bad gas mileage this kind of solves all the problems i had with the truck like all the reasons i didn't want to get a truck this solves all of them. So let's kind of go into some of the specs and that'll tell you why. So it's 100% electric. They've had a hybrid F-150 for a while. This is a full electric, no gasoline used at all. Um, it has, uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. So it has backup power, which is kind of cool. And what that means is they're really kind of selling on what happened in Texas over the past year mm. um, where <laughs> That's you can smart. Yeah, you can so basically you can plug your truck into your house through its charger and back power your house. Huh. So your whole house can run off of the battery in your truck. Um, the truck they say on their website it can provide full home power for 3 days of normal use or 10 days if you're rationing power, which is a lot of power. I like, have a shocked face yeah, for those of you listening. Face. That's insane. And the idea that you can just like have your truck in your garage and they're marketing it as kind of no downtime in a way because your truck is theoretically when it's in your garage always going to be charging right and so their theory is if the grid goes down your truck can sense this automatically and immediately start back powering your house so you <laughs> theoretically don't have any <laughs> it's power like a charger yeah it's super like a battery generator? backup yeah basically yeah. um they also can use the same like generator feature on like a job site or for powering things like out in uh -huh. the field because it can provide 9.6 kilowatts of power through 11 outlets. So this truck has 11 outlets, wow. on it, which is more than I think my room has <laughs> yeah. at my house. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. We just got a new car, a Subaru, mm -hmm. and it has one outlet and right. it blew my mind. Right. Yeah. So this has 11. You can power like power tools. You can power lights. Um, 
I've thought about like using this theoretically for powering like speakers and like you could theoretically run like a concert off of this thing. Yeah. Um, super, super powerful. Um, it can power both 110 or 120 volt things. So that'd be like a normal household uh-huh. outlet as well as 240 volts. So that would be like a washing machine or like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like insane stuff like this. So this is crazy. You got a washing machine and this is, in the yeah, bed of the truck. Yeah, that's it. But this is all electric. Like the hybrid version of this could do this, but it used a lot of gas to kind of power that electric yeah, motor. Yeah. This is just all off of battery power. Um, wow. they're estimating it's going to get about 300 miles of range, which is pretty good mm-hmm. for, I mean, this truck is huge. It's probably going to weigh, I mean, it's not produced yet, but it's probably going to weigh at least 6,000 pounds, maybe even more than like the seven, 8,000. So it's going to be a, a beefy mm-hmm. truck. So 300 miles range is good. It's going to have good acceleration like electric cars do. Um, I'll show you the screen. You'll just have to look it up at home. But it's it's a, I mean, it's a truck. It looks like a truck. It looks like a truck, but they've got like, the huge 15-inch screen in it from the Mustang Mach-E, which is nice. Um, it might show up somewhere else. Uh, let's see here. But basically, like, it's a really technologically advanced truck. I wouldn't say it's maybe as technologically advanced as the Cybertruck, but, I mean, it's got, like, a... But who needs all that crap? Yeah, and the Cybertruck is 100%. And, and trucks are for men. They don't need technology. Right, you know? Right. You might say that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's still got, like... You've still got your Apple uh, CarPlay and your Android Auto, which is the, most of the tech people are going to need. Um, trucks, like if you, F-150s especially, if you option them up, are basically luxury cars. Like you can get fold flat seats, full leather everywhere, like hmm. heated and vented seats. So basically, like if you had the money, if you could spend, you know, $110,000 on this truck, it could be the best of both worlds. Like it's electric boom, you're environmentally conscious. It's a truck, you've got all your utility done. Super nice inside, that's your luxury. So this theoretically is the perfect vehicle for most people. Um, the The issue is it's big, so if you live in a city, you might have problems with this, but you and I don't live in a city. Like This would be the perfect car for most people around here. Um, I gotta say, I have a truck complex in that I don't like people in trucks. Right, you don't like truck people. I don't like truck people. Yeah. And... I even hesitated saying that just now because obviously like the majority of people I know are truck people right. or no truck people. Right. But this kind of changes things. Yeah. Obviously they're still huge and they're still annoying and they're still like there's still the mindset of people they're like I'm in a truck don't mess with me. Right. Like I'm bigger than you, I can do whatever right. I want and I'm still going to have to deal with that. But if they're not killing the earth and they're like accomplishing things yeah. in their world, you know, carrying yeah. stuff around and building things. I know that trucks have a purpose. Yeah. This definitely changes things. Yeah. The nice thing is, so the 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 thing is with electric cars now, they've been a, a higher end like you have to be, you know, middle upper middle class to be able to afford mm-hmm. them. Tesla's Cybertruck was starting at like 60,000, Rivian's truck starts at 80, the Hummer truck starts at like 100,000, 90,000 or 100,000. So you couldn't get this, but the the base model F150, I want to say starts at like $34,000 really for the gas model. Um but mm. the base model electric is only $39,000. Oh. Which isn't bad. And the tech in the, like the interior is nicer in the base model electric than the base model gas. So right. basically, if you went like tech wise, interior wise, powertrain wise, 
they're basically the exact same in price. But Ford, there's a federal tax credit that you get up until you've sold a certain amount of EVs. Mm. It's $7,500, and Ford is still eligible for that. So you could theoretically buy an electric F-150 for $7,500 less than a gas F-150, which is crazy. So theoretically, if you count the tax credit as you know purchase price discount, you can get an electric F-150 for like $32,000, <laughs> which is like that's in the range that I – and starting to think about like <laughs> I might be able to like I can afford this truck you know I might be able to purchase this truck which is exciting like I've wanted an electric car for so long mm-hmm. like just the tech in them the idea that you aren't dependent on you know <laughs> gas stations and the Saudis behind them <laughs> and the idea that you're like not killing the planet is amazing like it's just yeah. such a cool thing like if you have solar panels in your house you're completely oh, man. off grid for we your talk, transportation we've talked about that before but yeah. we could talk about it yeah probably every podcast yeah. the idea of being energy independent yeah. uh-huh. especially with everything like i don't know if you had heard about the pipeline hack that had mm-hmm. happened like that cut off gas for a lot of people for a long time and yeah. there were like gas shortages and like if you had an electric truck you wouldn't care like right. you can power yourself off but the you know solar who cared the most People who had big old trucks yeah. and need to fill up their yeah. car every other day. Yeah. So this is great. Like, to me, I saw this and I was so excited. Like, and that was the biggest thing for me was, like, if the price, like, I care about the price most of all. Like, all the features are cool, but if it's going to be another $80,000 luxury truck for rich people, yeah, I don't care. This is, like, the everyman's electric truck. Um, yeah. And there's, it's just so, like, every feature that I've thought of in a car that I would want is in this. Like, you've got all your nice tech and it's comfortable on the interior and you can power stuff and like take it camping it's four-wheel drive it's got ground clearance it's got good range you can charge it fast they're talking about um having this optional extra of like a power pack that would sit in the bed like you know how people have toolboxes sometimes Mm -hmm. this would sit in the bed and connect to the truck and give you another couple hundred miles of range Mm. so theoretically this truck could have maybe 500 miles of range and they're spacious inside you know because they're huge so that gives you the perfect like road trip vehicle super cheap to run it's electric you're not hitting that huge gas mileage hit that you would if you took like a normal truck on a road trip so this to me is like my perfect car like if i could have one car i kind of want you to get this i know i kind (laughs) of want me to get this car too so we'll see it's i've got a year to like save up some money for like a down payment so maybe we will i don't think i could bring myself to sell my jeep because it's such a like fun sentimental car to me so you need to convince emily that this is the perfect yeah. car and her car is pretty old like we bought her car in cash when we moved back from australia we're gonna go into a backstory it's not important but whatever so we paid like six thousand dollars for her car in cash um and it's a nice car she has an acura uh tls and it's a, it, it's a luxury car like a sport sedan mm-hmm. kind of um, and it was probably pretty expensive when it was new. It was probably, you know, sixty or 70000 when it was new. But it had a ton of miles on it when we bought it, like 230,000 miles or something. Mm. So we got it for a good discount. And it's nice, and it's still mechanically in good shape or whatever. But she just doesn't super like sedans. And it's kind of annoying trying to load Cohen in and out of it. And obviously the writing's on the wall at some point. Like it's got 250,000 miles on it now. It's not going to last forever. And there will come a time when it's more expensive to repair it than it would be to just get rid of it. So, yeah, I mean... Even if we had to do all payments on a truck that's $32,000, the payments on that are like 600 a month, which is still a lot. But compared to other cars, like, I mean, a Tesla for most people would be twelve or $1,300 a month in payments. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people who have sixty dollars or $80,000 pickup trucks and are making payments on them. And you can get like a much nicer pickup truck now that's electric, like 
yeah this is like the perfect thing so i expect a lot of and they do they expect a lot of sales too in all of their like marketing for this release they had so much like hype and expectation from people that they preemptively increased production by 50 percent. so they saw how much demand there was going to be and they were like we're not going to meet this we're going to in advance increase production by 50 percent. which for ford for an f-150 is a ton of money invested a ton of units promised yeah, 50% you know percent of f-150 is what you just talked about yeah, like nine million a year yeah their market share is far beyond anything that yeah. else yeah so i mean i think it's gonna be crazy time will tell and maybe maybe in a year we'll find out that you know i am buying an electric f-150 i would be <laughs> so happy like this would be amazing but Man, we would have to go on a lot of adventures if you had an electric yeah, truck. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking about, like, I love road trips, and the reason I don't do them more is, like, I have plenty of time off at my job, and I, like, we have decent cars or whatever, but the reason I don't is because gas is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And both of my cars now aren't super fuel efficient, and so we had done the math. It would cost, like, $300 or $400 in fuel to drive to, like, California to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like, I might as well just fly. Like, plane tickets aren't that much more expensive, and that kind of puts me off. But imagine if you could drive to California for, like, $30 in electricity <laughs> in this huge, luxurious, like, road trip beast. Yeah. Like, that's I would go on so many road trips in an electric car, you know? Like, that would be all I do. So I think I'm, I might consider this kind of going forward. We'll see how the numbers work out and everything, but you never know. And the only downside is that it's called the lightning. Yeah, it's that's so lame. That's a bummer of a name. It's got a little like badge on the back I would probably take off. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I don't have to make a decision if I want to do it until fall of twenty twenty one. So that's when they're taking okay. orders. Okay. So I can ponder it a little bit. I can try to get a second job or something. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that's the F one fifty lightning. I'm very excited about it and it sounds like Riley is too, so much more than I thought I was going to be. Yeah, I know. It's great. I'm pleasantly surprised. All right, let's move on to our next topic. Um, I have a new dream vacation. Okay. It's not really a... well. So this was hot water? Yes, this is hot water. Um, It's not necessarily like a vacation like you might think. This is more of like an adventure. But it's also... It sounds very relaxing. Um, So I was on the internet the other day, as you do, just kind of researching random things. And I found this list of... Um, like Colorado destinations or whatever. And so I was looking at it, and one of the ones that caught my interest was a um, remote hot spring. And I've been to a lot of hot springs in Colorado, but they're always like a pool, and you like pay to go there, and like it's developed, and you... It's got like... It's concrete, and it's they like a just spa. Like kind of source yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these are like natural hot springs that are in the wilderness that you have to hike to get to. And they're just like sitting there like on the side of a mountain or in the river, like pooling up there. And so I found this one. I looked into it a little bit. It was so popular that they had to implement like a permitting system. And so now it's kind of like more developed and whatever. But it got me thinking like, are there more of these? So I started doing some research. And it turns out there's a lot of like natural hot springs in Colorado that you don't have to pay anything to go to. No one maintains them. They're just kind of like natural. They're out there. Um, and so I was looking and there's actually one that's a natural primitive, I think is what they're called hot spring. That's only maybe three hours away from us. It's outside of, um, Kremling, which is up in the mountains, kind of not quite as far South as Vail, but kind of as far West as Vail. Um, so it's an eight and a half mile hike in 
which wow. is probably part of the reason that it's like not super popular and still uh -huh. very primitive because that's a lot of walking for, you know, most Americans. <laughs> you got to earn it. Yeah. You can't just go there and like drunkenly party. Right. Like people were doing at the more accessible hot spring. Yeah. Um, but it's this one. The bummer thing about this one is it's not necessarily like a hot, hot spring. Like hot tubs are typically 110 to 115 degrees. Mm -hmm. Um, the super popular hot spring was 110 degrees. Um, this one's only 80 degrees. So it's not necessarily going to be like, oh, a hot tub. But it's going to be pretty warm. Like 80 degree water still feels warm. Yeah. Um, if you go in like July and then the sun goes down yeah. and it's 60 in the mountains yeah. at night. It's going to feel nice and nice and warm. Yeah. Um, and so there's this specific hot spring. I'm not going to name any of them because... I mean, obviously our audience is vast, but this to me is one of those like natural like jewels that is so easy to get ruined. Like mm -hmm. one person could screw this up for everyone. So I'm going to refrain from naming them. If you are interested, talk to me in real life and I'll give you the names or whatever. But basically this one has a warmer pool, which I think gets up to like 90 that could fit two or three people. And then there's a cooler pool below that fits up to 10 people and it's about 80 degrees. Um, and these are all in like wilderness areas. So there's not necessarily someone responsible for maintaining them. Sometimes volunteers will take over, but mostly it's like a leave no trace, try to make it better than you left it kind yeah. of deal. Um, but it's cool because you can like move rocks around depending on like how hot or cold do you want it so you can like let more of the river in mm -hmm. and make it cooler or you can block off the river more and let the hot spring like water come up more um and the idea to me of just like putting on your backpack hiking eight miles to a remote area and then taking off your backpack setting up a camp putting up like your little hammock and then like taking off your boots after a long hike and just going and sitting in this natural like hot water made by the earth and watching like the stars mm. appear above you while you're mm. sitting in this it sounds amazing and we should do this it, we should do this so it's clothing optional which is fun okay um yeah i mean i guess all of nature is clothing optional if you think about it um <laughs> but as long i think this one would be nice because it's so remote that theoretically there shouldn't be many if any people there and to me this experience sounds the best if it's just you and your group. Like mm -hmm. it would be annoying if there were other people there kind of, to be honest. But I, I was imagining like you and me just like hiking up there and it's just the two of us for like 10 miles. And we've got this nice warm pool to sit in and like watch the stars and eat hot dogs in or whatever. And that sounds great. So my new, my new dream trip idea is we take the Jeep, pack up all our camping stuff, like backpacking stuff. Yeah. Um, hike in, set up camp. And we like, have an evening in the hot tub or pool area or whatever, go to bed. Then we wake up the next morning. First thing, like get right back in the tub or the pool. Mm -hmm. And like, you can just warm up like that, like cook some coffee right there next to us, oh, have man. our coffee, get up, make breakfast, like go explore because it's in a beautiful area. Go yeah. explore. But the nice thing is that's always there for you. And you know, like part of the bummer of camping is after a day or two, you start to feel gross and you like smell mm -hmm. bad and your teeth kind of like taste nasty. And like, yeah. but if you've got, like it's not, it's not like sanitary, sanitized water, but it's still clean spring water. Yeah, it can still flowing. wash off. And so like the idea of being able to like at the beginning and end of the day, like wash off all of the dirt and exploring adventure stuff off of you and then just get cozy in your sleeping bag. Mm. And man, this is like my dream trip now. So I was thinking this summer we need to do that. And yeah. we had talked about kayaking this summer. Mm -hmm. This one is more easily accessible if you kayak down the river because... Ooh. 
at the end of the hike, there's like a quarter mile of like scrambling down this rock chute you kind of have to do. It's kind of like a, a chimney of rock. So it's kind of a little dangerous to get down to uh-huh. um, and difficult to get down to. But if you take kayaks, you can just kayak down the river and like pull off at the hot spring and then set up your camp or whatever. So this could be an awesome opportunity to like kayak camp like we had talked about. Wow. Like load all your stuff in the kayak and kayak and get out of the hot spring. So I'm pretty jazzed on this idea. This <laughs> yeah. is like my dream. Let's plan it right after this podcast. Okay. We'll plan this trip because wow. it's going to be great. <laughs> this sounds incredible. And one of the reasons that living in Colorado is an incredible place to live. Uh-huh. It is. <laughs> yeah. You have to take advantage of yeah. it. If you don't, if you live in a cool place, Every, uh, lots of places are cool. You know, even what some people call flyover country right. has treasures and gems totally. hidden all over the yeah, place. Yeah, everywhere does. You have to go out and just explore your world yeah. and take advantage of it and, like, reap the benefits yeah. of nature. Yeah. It's so easy, even, like, earlier in this podcast and in past podcasts, for f- to get bogged down and sure. pessimistic and say the world is being destroyed and sure. we have terrible practices as humans, but there's really so much amazingness out totally. there that still yeah. is relatively untouched. Totally, yeah. And as long as you go out there and keep it pretty much untouched right. and just kind of observe and enjoy, yeah, that is so life-giving, right. you know? Yeah, it really it's is. so cool. And, yeah. and if you haven't done something like that, recently like like we haven't yeah. really done that very recently yeah. i mean it's been several months yeah yeah we oh man it's getting to be that time of I know, year it we, is. we really yeah. need to do this let's do it let's schedule it right okay. after this sounds good well that's that whole topic it was short but sweet. great and hopefully inspiring to you listener yes to get out and explore your area and have fun and mm-hmm. make it better and mm-hmm. don't trash it please mm-hmm. oh please please <laughs> we'll find you and we'll kill you oh man if we show up and it's like trash yeah that beautiful natural yeah. hot springs yeah i'm gonna assume that it was the fault of one of our listeners well wow. <laughs> then we'll be better yeah. <laughs> okay cool uh third and final topic of the night um there is a quote unquote worker shortage nowadays um this is the sweat it's by so the way vague. um yeah and it's worker yeah that so, just means like human yeah so Basically, the, the the thought process behind this quote-unquote worker shortage is businesses can't find people to work at the business, like anywhere. Like places are having struggles with this, and everyone's like lamenting. Businesses are lamenting like, oh, we're like going to go out of business because we don't have workers and like we can't, we can't do our business in this way or whatever. And I, I've got problems with this. Because the the issue for a lot of people, at least that I've heard, is, oh, the government is supporting people too well. Like, people are getting paid more on unemployment than they would working, so they don't want to work because they can get more just by being unemployed. And they're saying this is like, oh, screw the government, like, for giving people handouts. Like, they should be working for us. Like, this is hurting us because the government is taking care of people. But when people tell me that, I hear oh, we're not paying our workers well enough. Mm-hmm. They can get by better on <laughs> just the government. So why would they work and do something that sucks for less money? So I have a problem with this 
worker shortage because this is entirely a business's fault, in my opinion. If you can't afford to pay more than unemployment pays for your labor, for your staff, and your business fails without staff, then you shouldn't be in business. That's my opinion. Hmm. Um, which could be a strong opinion, but honestly, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, and there's been a lot of uh, talking, there's been a lot of talking about this with the minimum wage proposal that I think is not really happening, but in some states it's happening. Um, but the idea was like minimum wage needs to be $15 an hour. That's like the base living that's wage. That's what Colorado is moving towards. Yeah. And some places aren't. And Progressively. so it depends. Yeah. Um, but businesses were like, oh, woe is me. Like $15 an hour is going to kill us. And if you can't afford to pay your employees a wage that keeps them above the poverty line, you shouldn't be in business. Like you're profiting off of the hardship of other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so this has kind of caused some industries to look at their staffing policies and look at their like pay scale and increase this for you know, their employees. So um, it's so extreme as to like McDonald's, for example, they will pay you now to just show up to your interview. You don't even have to like do well in your interview really? or anything. If you show up, they'll pay you. Um, and then I think they pay you 50 bucks to show up to the interview. And then if you accept the job, you get a bonus right away just for accepting the job. Like a signing bonus yeah, to McDonald's? for McDonald's. And then they pay, I think they pay 15 an hour now, McDonald's kind of nationwide. And you're seeing this in more fast food chains and mm -hmm. in like, you know, entry level jobs are paying more, which I think is fair. Like, sure, it's not difficult work and sure, it like, I, I don't know. It's not difficult work and anyone can do it, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to make a living off of it. You know, if you're spending 40 hours a week of your life on it, you should be able to live off of that. Um, then there's other places that are just complaining and like trying to, you know, get the government to cut unemployment because then it'll force people to work again for the same wages as before. And I mean, I, this is this is the third time I've said it, but if you can't afford or figure out a way to pay living wages, don't be surprised when you can't get workers. Um, so I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this whole like worker shortage. It's to the point where I think 40% of businesses are having problems like they would consider themselves short staffed because people aren't working or people have bettered themselves over the past year of being unemployed and now have better jobs. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to hear what you think about this whole phenomenon. I agree with everything that you've said that for the most part, businesses, especially the larger ones that are probably the ones that have the most vocal yeah. complaints, are not literally completely strapped for cash. They just need to restructure their finances and maybe pay less towards their like stockholders sure. or do less stock buyback and more towards their employees. Right. Um, I was just, lis just listening to a podcast on corporate taxes and like trying to analyze who actually bears the burden of corporate tax. Right. And they decided that it, well, it's it's not really decided, but they decided that it mostly falls on the burden of the workers, yeah, not the stockholders or the like owners of the totally. company. But any thing that they have to pay towards the government, they basically just lower the payment on totally to their yeah workers because they can. They well, that's the thing they control. Yeah, and there's like both like corporations have enough money to. Um, 
not evade, but skirt around oh, tax yeah. law. Oh, yeah. That's a whole I- Individuals thing. don't. So not only do they have the ability to lower their you know, payroll to compensate for the taxes they do pay, uh, but we also are you know, sharing theoretically half the burden, the tax burden from a corporate, right? Like payroll tax wise, Mm -hmm. like we pay that too. They can avoid that, but we can't. And so we're paying in most, like it's, I'm not going to get political, so I won't say it, but basically like the average American pays way more taxes percentage wise than corporations do. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is rough, you know, that's rough. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Getting back to, the worker shortage. I am confused a little bit about how this works or what the complaint is long-term because unemployment is not a long-term benefit. Correct. Like, like Medicare or like food stamps. Right. I'm looking at this and it says that it typically has a 26 week maximum. It probably varies by state. Right. But the point is, you can't stay on unemployment forever. Right. Or if you do, you at least have to show uh, effort or sure uh, examples that yeah. you are getting out there and, and looking for a job yeah. actively. Yeah. So I guess people can like strategically meet those minimums and say, here, unemployment office, I'm doing these things and right. I'm just not meeting the... I'm just not finding a job sure. that will work for me yeah. or like, I don't know what standards you have to meet or if once you hit that 26 week maximum, you literally have to take any job or you'll lose unemployment. Right. I don't know how it works. I would have to do a lot more research. Right. My point is people who are for lack of a better term, for want of a better term, skirting the system and purposefully not pursuing another job just to live off of unemployment benefits. Yeah. That can't last forever right right? yeah and if you do try to do that forever you should at least feel bad about that and and at more that's kind of fraud right yeah it is yeah and i think i agree i think there that's not something that's sustainable i think there are people who have done it but it's very rare and very difficult i mean it basically becomes a full-time job of skirting the system you know for low pay the the reason i think that the worker shortage quote unquote is happening now is because those you know date restrictions have been lifted because of covid and there's also the covid bonus of Mm. i think in colorado at least it's 300 dollars a week extra um on top of typical unemployment because typical unemployment doesn't pay very well it's either like a percentage of your last income or a specific minimum dollar amount right but it's just enough to like poverty line get by but with all of the covid stuff like there's a while when i knew some people on unemployment who were getting paid you know hundreds of dollars more uh per paycheck if you will than i was and i was working full-time in like a generally higher skilled job and so that's the way it was but there's there's the type of people who will kind of lean into that and like take it as like a cushy like vacation time which for some people is fine like maybe you need a break there's, you know, it's all about the attitude behind it or whatever. But then there's other people who are like, oh, I have 20 weeks of time I can use to like better myself and attempt to get a better job and kind of push myself out of this cycle of just being in these minimum wage dead end mm-hmm. jobs. And I think a lot of that happened over the past year. Like when people are being paid, don't have to go to work and are stuck at home, what else are you going to do besides better yourself? And so I think a lot of the like 
shortage is people realizing I have the opportunity to go for something better. And now that everything's opening back up, they're not going to go back to what they're doing. They have the ability to reach higher and to go into better things. Um, and then I think there is also the, well, I'm getting paid more. Why would I work for less? Which to be fair, like I love working and like, I think there's value in working. I think there's value in like having good work ethic and like, uh, pushing yourself and, you know, pushing through, like having the discipline to push through the want to just like stay in bed every morning. I think there's value in all of that. So I'm not saying like, this is a good thing at all, but if I had the choice to get paid $400 more per pay period than I'm getting working, why wouldn't I take that? Like, honestly, like I would spend that time bettering myself. And obviously you can't just like quit and get unemployment. Like you have to be fired or terminated uh -huh. or whatever, but that's appealing to me. And I'm someone who loves working. Like I value it. And even I would take that option. So it's not necessarily that people are lazy. It's just that the option is better. And so if you as a business or an employer want workers you need to beat that option and it doesn't necessarily have to be in my opinion like a financial thing like sure money is great and a lot of people maybe just work for money but there's other workplace perks that you could offer like i mean even just having health insurance is a big thing like you don't get mm -hmm. health insurance on unemployment yeah so what can you as a business owner or as an employer do to kind of match or exceed the value that people are getting just for doing nothing because that's the new minimum standard right like, this is where the bar has been set, and you can't complain about it happening. It just is what it is. So you have to try and use your ingenuity and, like, pull yourself up and figure out what to do about it. And I mm -hmm. think there's ways of doing this. Like, maybe you offer better PTO, or maybe you offer better, like, workplace benefits, or maybe you just have a more positive work environment, or you make it fun. Like, there's so many ways to do this, even at places like McDonald's or Walmart or whatever. Like, it just takes the effort from the employer to look at, oh, how are employees doing now? What can we do to make their lives better? And I think it's an easy answer, but it's one that people aren't going to take necessarily, especially for big corporations, because that takes effort and that costs money to say, how are we going to, even if it's free things, it takes money to figure it out. Right. It's, it's easy to say, yeah, we just need better health insurance or right. we need to give everyone an extra week of PTO. But on the scale of, 80,000 workers, that yeah. stuff does add up. It's a up. big deal, yeah. And that comes back to, again, like, it's going to cost the shareholder or the board right. at the bottom line. Like, it's going to cost something. And I would argue that the cost, the benefit well exceeds the cost. Like, having happy, healthy, invested employees long-term is going to be better for you than whatever money you're saving. Mm -hmm. But in our economic system... It's quarter by quarter, and you need to beat you know, profits every quarter, and it's a short-term thinking. You know, Maybe some businesses have long-term plans, but the bottom line every quarter is what matters. <laughs> so that's disheartening. But I think there also are other places like um, I know Costco and Trader Joe's both get good press all the time for treating their employees well. They've got good PTO. They've got good benefits. Um, it's not fun work, but it is, you know. It's, it's necessary work. Yeah, it's. You're providing value to society. Right. I mean, what you said about time off to benefit yourself and then not wanting to go back to a low-paying job, there are a lot of people who have advanced degrees and have to take jobs yep. below their what they theoretically should or can do. But that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. I mean, you we can't immediately advance 
our society to have the um, the precise amount of jobs for every single level of skill, yeah, skilled worker. So sometimes people are going to have to take jobs that are ill-fitted for right. them. And that's unfortunate and not where we should be going. Right. And that's what like technological advancement is for. Yeah. But that's, that's not to say that just because there's not a job at your level doesn't mean you shouldn't work. Totally. Yeah. I would agree. And we're definitely in that awkward middle stage between everyone having to like provide for themselves. Like if you think back to when people were like, we were an agricultural society and everyone had to farm and everyone had to like hunt and you had to do this stuff to provide for yourself. Where in the future, in a couple hundred years, I can see like no one having to do these menial jobs. So we're definitely in the awkward stage between like everyone's doing this and no one's doing this. We're at the stage where some people have to do this. And it's kind of unfair if you think about it, like why should someone get to do something they're passionate about and that gives them value and is high paying and someone else has to go work at McDonald's or has to go work at the grocery store. Like it's kind of unfair, but they're both providing value and it's just that we're in the awkward middle stage, you know, Mm -hmm. where we're not fully there. We're going towards that direction, but we're not quite there yet. And so it's like a sacrifice that people are making. And I think it's, I mean, it's obviously valuable. I mean, we, we couldn't function without those people, you know, like it's super important. Um, so I, I, I would just say like, man, if, if it is like, a high like that's a lot of value like working in a grocery store or whatever it brings value to society you should compensate your workers fairly whether it's monetarily or through your workplace environment whatever but the bar has been set you know with the the unemployment where it's at and yeah. this is where the bar is you have to adapt and make it work so that's my opinion <laughs> off my soapbox now <laughs> okay i'll remove it yep just slide it over there <laughs> oh man well that was good. My throat's tired from all of my... Uh, all of the talking. My, yeah, my velment preaching. <laughs> <laughs> good word. Thank you. Vocabulary. Where's our vocabulary counter? Bring it back. Oh, yeah. I Bring think we're it at back. four now. Yeah, that's so many words. <laughs> okay, anyway. Well, another lead into UBI at some point. But that's yeah. going to do us for today. Because we're hungry and we're going to go eat Taco Bell. Yeah, we are. Thank you for listening to I Heard It on a Podcast. We've got new episodes every Monday and Wednesday that you can find wherever you get podcasts. Even on podcastadoo.com. Maybe. Check it out. Check it out. See what Maybe happens. Maybe carefully check it out. Yeah. It could be something Go into sketchy. a private browser first. Yes. <laughs> if you liked what you heard today and you know someone else who is interested in lightning, hot water, or sweat, Send this their way and they will enjoy this podcast. As always, you can reach us at I heard it on a podcast at gmail.com. Okay, let's plan. Let's plan our trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>